on this episode of Quantum Week, April 11th through 17th, 1993. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines. And uh, we are staying with uh, in April 1993. This is sort of this weird thing happening with us in terms of time. Yeah, this is a weird week. So we're going to do a Best Picture week. Um, so both movies we're covering this week are both Best Picture winners. Yep. Uh, we're doing. We're finishing up the week um, that we started last week with Unforgiven today. Yep. And then on Saturday we're back. The reason we're doing it kind of crazy. We have a special guest, um, which we'll talk about more on Saturday. Yep. Um, but we're going to do the movie uh, from 1969, so before we were born. Right. Uh, and we're doing uh, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight, Ca- Midnight Cowboy. So, um, or as people in Chicago call it, Midnight Cowboy. Midnight. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how I dropped into that. That's strange. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, yeah, we're going to have a kind of a special kind of one-off on Saturday, and then it's back to back to normal uh, back next normal. week. But yeah, so the reason I, so I was like, oh, I knew we had kind of this one episode kind of like, we didn't really have a spot for it this right. episode. Yeah. So I was looking at the, you know, we covered, what did we cover last week? We did The Sandlot and uh, uh, Indecent Proposal. Indecent Proposal, right. I'm looking at the top 10. And what's on number 10 is Unforgiven. I'm like, oh my God, this gives us an excuse to talk about Unforgiven. Uh, so by the time, we're, you know, we're in April here of 93, this movie had been out for almost a year. So was it because of Oscar stuff? Is that why? It, it, it just got a longer life. It was actually okay. in the theater thing for 49 weeks. Wow. Yeah. So A, movies were in the theaters for longer back then. That's yeah. still a crazy amount of time. That's crazy. And what happened year, was yeah. it was about to start getting out of theaters and then it had, it got all these Oscar nominations. Right. And then it faded back then. It all these Oscar wins. And then it hung around. I think it hung around for another like month or two. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but it was number 10. I mean, that's amazing. It's, that is amazing. You know, and it's yeah. like, the 38th week in release it was number 10 but uh so it brings it to unforgiven which, unforgiven which was the best picture winner um it had already won by the time we're talking it's the only time we'll probably ever do this by the time we're talking about it, it already had one best picture so when do oscars come out uh february or march okay all right yeah, yeah. so it was nominated for nine oscars one, one four. four yeah uh, one crazy. best picture uh best director best director best supporting actor for gene hackman hackman and then best editing do you think it's weird that eastwood didn't win for uh for actor instead it was al pacino for scent of a woman which i thought was not the strongest al pacino movie ever let's have that conversation now okay that's a great yeah. question um yeah so fact, al- i thought he really overacted in that one it's not one of my favorite pacinos so uh history has said you're absolutely right yeah so everyone kind of agrees and admits and just we kind of just de- move on with it that Pacino won that award because of a career achievement because he hadn't he hadn't won he had one? never won really yes crazy mm, so he's yeah. in Godfather Godfather 2 yeah. all the afternoon I mean you think about all the great Pacino performances sure uh and uh in fact he was even I think he that was you are you always love this that was a double nomination year for him I believe oh was it really yeah he got did he get actor and supporting let me make 100% sure but what else so. was uh so this it was it was what he was won, his supporting role was way better in Glenn Gary Glenn Ross oh yeah so he was even better in another movie that year. Um, but he did win, of course, for Center of a Woman. So, and um, he lost to Hackman for, for supporting. Right. Okay, interesting. So the other people nominated were Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin, who is very good. In that you know movie. what? I actually have not seen that film. It's an okay movie. He's really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, Stephen Ray for The Crying Game. And then Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. Um, okay. So th- those were the nominees uh, that year. So yeah, right. So should Eastwood have won out of that group? I'd say yeah. I think so. Um. I think Danny Jr. is is really good in Chaplin, but I mean, Unforgiven is a better movie. 
and Eastwood's really good. He's really good. And he good. never wins. And he gets nominated again for Million Dollar Baby for acting and doesn't win. He's won four Oscars oh. in his life. He's won the two directing for Million Dollar Baby in this. Right. And he also was a producer on Bull. So he's actually won four Oscars. That's the crazy thing about this. So he produced and directed and starred in this film. That's nuts. And did this, if you count Million Dollar Baby, he did the soundtrack too. I, I know. Well, yeah. So, not for uh, this though. No, he, but uh, the, the last song, the, the ending song yeah. on this one, he did. He did. This, this <laughs> He's is crazy, He's right? crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. His uh, artistic output is unmatched. Let's talk about, the, oh, the, well, that's, that's totally true. His yeah. career is, I, I was telling Matt, I'm like, I was, I was going to do a game for this, but like his career is so deep and vast. I'm like, we'll just save it for another day because this movie is deep and vast too. Um, so let's talk about the movie for a second. Do you have a synopsis? Yeah. So set in 1880, Will Money, who's uh, played by Clint Eastwood, is a retired widowed gunslinger trying to raise his two kids on a pig farm. And he partners with a this wannabe blind, <laughs> kind of blind gunslinger uh, and a former partner named Ned, played by Morgan Freeman, to avenge a prostitute who was disfigured by one of her tricks and to collect a thousand dollar bounty basically put up by the prostitute and her friends. Right. So, um, okay. So this movie is, so we're going to get, get into spoilers. So if you haven't, sure. uh, you probably should go watch this and come back to us. Um, I don't love this movie. I know you don't. And I certainly liked it more the first time I saw it. See, I liked it more the second time I saw it. I think this is, it's kind of a complicated movie for me because it's not the most entertaining. No one is not entertaining. good except for the one prostitute. She's kind of the only good yes. in this entire film. Right. But there's so much depth thematically that I really appreciate it. So it's hard for me. It's not like I, I didn't, I don't think I liked it as much, but I do really appreciate it. I, I feel the same exact way. Okay. So I really appreciate this movie and it kind of makes me mad at myself for not yeah. liking it more. Yep. Um, because this movie doesn't really do, and it has a couple of flaws, which I'll get into in a bit. Sure. But for the most part, it's a pretty flawless movie. It has, it, it, it's a very interesting movie yes. and that makes me mad. I don't love it more. Uh, and it has some very good performances. Oh yeah. And it has a great, so let's, let's, let's get into a question I have. My, my biggest question in this movie. Yeah. Is little bill played by Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. Is he that bad? He's a liar. He is trying to be something that he is not. He's hiding behind his badge. Well, English, so, English, uh, also a liar. He's a big liar. Both of them are liars of the, th- so the three, ca- like I, I make comparison between the three, those three characters, okay, three right. gunslingers, right? right? Which so you think got, you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Okay. So, right. So you have uh, little bill, you've got English Bob and you've got Clint Eastwood's character money. Yeah. Uh, Mooney or money, 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 William right. Money, right? Um, money's the only honest character. I mean, he's trying to repent, but he does not hide the fact that he, he was nope. a lethal and you don't, the, right. the thing is you don't expect it because he's telling you the entire film that he's this ruthless person, right. but, but, but he's repented because of his, his widowed wife or his wife who's dead, you know, for the last few yeah. years, she really changed him, but he never lies. But the other two are liars. And I think, um, no, I think Clint Eastwood is the most bad because he's the fucking, um, he's the angel of death. But the other, but they're the other two are kind. Uh, English Bob is posing as that and is not. He's completely like shown for what he is by um, by Little Bill, right? And Bill is a liar because he's hiding behind his badge. That's what I think. I kind of wish they hadn't had the scene where Little Bill is whipping Morgan Freeman. That's it because does suck. that makes him a bad guy. It does make. I think if he you is. take that scene away. I don't know if Little Bill's a bad guy. So, like, let's look at the movie from Little Bill's perspective. I was, like, trying to take a movie from someone else in that movie's... If the, the movie was The Little Bill Show or whatever. Um, 
he is a guy who comes to town. He's trying to get peace in this town. Doesn't allow anyone to bring guns. Clearly has signs saying as much. Sure. So he's not tricking anyone. These are the rules. Come to my town. Yeah, you're going to face penalty, but here, here's what happened. And he asks people, give me your guns. And they don't give it to him. It's true. And he's like, all right, well, if you're not, you know, if you're going to be not an asshole, the then I'm going to literally kick the shit out of you. And he did it to both. He did it to both English Bob and to money. But he was an outlaw and he's trying to, and he's sort of left. I don't know if it was Kansas. He left Kansas. Kansas, right. Think him um, and money were both from Kansas. That's right. right. I think that's, they sort of knew, or that's by right. reputation. I don't think that they'd met. Uh, that wasn't clear to me that they'd met. I, don't, I, don't know I think it was reputation. And I think English Bob was from Kansas. had spent time yeah. in Kansas as well. That's yeah. what he knew. Right. Um, little Bill. Uh, yeah, because they, they had met. Definitely right. they'd met. They knew each other. Um, but Bill's hi- he's like hiding out. He's, he's, he's trying to be a chameleon. He's trying to, sh- to outwardly show that he's a different person. But you see cracks in that the entire way. Um, right. Including the house itself. Including the house he's, itself. He's not a builder. He cannot build. Right. right. He can't. He's not who he is. Right. But does that make him bad? He's trying to change. Isn't that usually admirable? But thing? you see his arrogance too. You know, he quickly take a W W Beauchamp, whatever the, the uh, reporter, the reporter, like he, st- he starts to be as arrogant as, uh, as English Bob, yes. like telling his story and right. how badass he is right. trying to, trying to like up, you know, one up, uh, English Bob. He does want to, Eng- uh, one up. Oh, absolutely. He totally he, dressed he him down, his biographer. steals his, his biographer, his power yeah. and sends him on his way. Get the fuck out of my town. Right. I think he is evil. I think he, I think he's evil. I think they're all evil. There's nobody good in this entire film except for the prostitute, except for um, what's her name, the uh, one Delilah. Prostitute, the other prostitutes even have some. They don't even take the horses that they are given to them. And they should. And actually, they decided for Delilah. Right. If Delilah would have, I think she would have accepted it and accepted I think the so apology. She, she seemed it, that right. way. Yeah. No. I think. I think Little Bill's bad. I I just don't think he's as much of a villain as. I don't want to say the movie makes because the movie tries to deal with gray area, which I really, oh, yeah, I really totally. respect. Right, but I, yeah, I think if you ask people who's the bad guy or the bad Gene Hackman's this bad guy in Unforgiven, he's like not that bad. No, I just think we see we see from his character. Well, I think we see that we see enough to know that he was he's been a bad guy his entire life. Like he was an outlaw his entire. He life. He never Gene Hackman the character. Correct me if I'm wrong. He never. Oh, I guess the more well, then he killed more. Right, that's yeah, the other that's thing. It's the only thing that kind of fucks everything up. And there's no. So the only uh, person no he kills in that. cold blood is is Morgan Freeman's character, right? Yes, terribly. Yes. Although Morgan Freeman supposedly just died under restraint, right? Yeah, but whip no beat. Kept beating him beating harder him and harder, harder, and, and then, then he, dies. He, he said that they said that he didn't mean to. Right. Uh, the one of the prostitutes that came out to see right. money to like give him, the, I don't know, something to to to, to I mean give give, maybe let, give let him, him no maybe actually give him money give too? him funds yeah, yeah I think that's what it was yeah she says that they didn't that Bill didn't mean to but that doesn't matter right but then no uh but in terms of worse people or better bad guys of course money is like he is the fucking angel of death love that last scene oh Jesus I mean Christ. you know he comes in and you know it's shows over so um yeah I just. I have an issue there. Uh, I, I guess that not issue. So you're saying, do you think it's not, that he, it's not an issue? It's a, it's compliment to the film that, that there is that gray area. Right. I, I like that. Do you not think that he should have been killed by, um, by money? Well, why Ugh, the Morgan Freeman thing fucks everything. Up. Yeah, it does. Um, so he's killing him because he's angry. His friend died, which I understand. So, and the friend should have died. So I guess it's, I guess that's somewhat fair. I don't know if he should kill. He kills like five people in that the bar. The bartender is not that. See that, you know, money's evil. He is an evil motherfucker. He killed, he should not have killed the bartender. No way. Other people who drew on him in that, in, in the bar, probably, but not the bartender. 
bartender is just fucking standing there. So there's a lot of morals. So there's a lot of, I don't know, morals are the word. There's a lot of themes, but they're even like accelerated themes in this movie. So sure. what I mean by that is like, this is like the anti-Western, right? It takes the Western, which is very glamorized. And then every single thing of glamour in this movie is stripped away. Gritty. And it's either, it's either a lie yep. or the people are hideous. And right. I don't mean looking, I mean just hideous like in their soul. Yeah. So either it's like, you know, no one to root for or whatever you thought they were, they're actually not. They're actually, it actually was a lie told through urban legend. And it just basically treats the Western as a illusion. Yeah. Which, Even he walks off into the into the evening, like into the night, into the dark and stormy night instead of the instead of the sunset, like at the end of the scene. Right. It's, it's like completely different. Which is interesting because, you know, Eastwood, of course, famous in the late sixties spaghetti westerns. Yep. He kind of made his bones as a cowboy. It's kind of how he how he became known as a, a you know, he also did uh, TV westerns in the in the early mid sixties. Right. So it's kind of how he became known to us as Americans. And then for him to do an anti western is very interesting. Absolutely. I do think it's a little on the nose. So it does keep hitting that over and over and over again it to the does. point of it being like, uh, like at some point you're kind of like, all right, I get it. Having said that, I've watched this movie later in my life. Like I didn't see this movie when it came out. I was whatever, 12, 13. I wasn't into Westerns really then. Sure. And I just, I just didn't appeal to me. So I didn't watch this movie until later in life. So because of that, I already knew it was an anti-Western where had I just gone and bought a ticket, I might've been like, holy shit, this is a mind fuck. Yes. I didn't expect an anti-Western. It's Eastwood. It's happened. It's got to be a great Western. And, right. And, and it's, a, it's a spin on that. But watching it now, it's like, I feel like the themes are a little bit over the top. Everything is old and broken down and, and yeah, the, the whole way, like whether it's the house or the landscape or he's, you know, nothing's you, good. You're, nothing's right? good. You're not yeah. right. Uh, money is not a good pig farmer. No. He's in the, like he's the first he's time you see him, he's in the mud. He's got like shit on his face. <laughs> Even his kids are like, dad, you suck. <laughs> You're not, good, he's not at good at this. Uh, so the worst thing is, okay. Yeah. Oh, ahead. I was just going to say the only, uh, Ned might also be a reformed character. He couldn't kill. Couldn't kill. He couldn't kill. So he's kind but not of not a good guy cheating on his wife. Yeah. But I think that's, you're right. But I think that was more accepted at, I think that was more accepted. I, I don't agree. mean to explain that away. But like the whore is kind of seen as, you know, kind of a receptacle and not, not a cheat. I don't think. I think you're Although right. Although Clint, you know, or money won't, wouldn't do it. Right. He wouldn't do it. Ned seems like um, what Hackman wanted to be. What little Bill wanted to be was mm. a reformed character. And Ned was able to do it. And, but he got killed for it. He right. wasn't mean enough. He wasn't he, bad enough anymore. Right. And because he didn't go on that trip with them, he, he literally got killed for it because he, he, he went a different route. He went right. a different way. Worst part of this movie, uh, I think by far, and it's really bad casting, is is the Schofield kid. Yeah, he's not good. This is a mess. Yeah. It's his first movie. I don't really know what Issa was thinking here. And it really pissed me off because there's someone in particular I think would have been so great for this. Oh, who? River Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Should have been in that role. Yeah. And I think at the time, uh, I tried to find out. I tried to get the dates because I'm kind of obsessed with the fact that River Phoenix should have played this role. <laughs> uh, it's like one of those things. The first time I saw a movie. River's still alive at this point? Yes. Yeah. So he was shooting a movie called Sneakers with our good I friend know Sneakers, Robert yeah. Redford. I saw it in the theater. Uh, Sidney Poitier. And, uh, and I think the shooting, this, this movie came out, uh, I think a couple months after Sneakers came mm. out. And I think that this actually had a pretty long shoot. It shot for like, I don't know. So like, it was like uh, 10 to 12 weeks. It was which pretty, is, pretty yeah, close. Yeah, pretty, pretty long. Pretty close to that, yeah. Um, uh, and I think Sneakers was, was shooting around the same time. Yeah. And you're wondering, all right, let's say River Phoenix. Do you take the movie that's directed by the guy from Field of the Dreams with Robert Redford, Sidney Poitier, kind of an all-star cast, you can just be a supporting player? Right. Or do you take the anti-Western with Gene Hackman and Clint Eastwood? I mean, you can kind of see- That's a tough- 
you know, if you just take it just at face value, you can see how it might be a harder decision than it, than it would be in retrospect. Sure. But man, oh man, he would have been so good for that role. He would. Uh, yeah, that character, the Schofield kid character, he was just, he was over the top, not really believable. You didn't like him at all. Maybe that's why. Maybe maybe he was uh, Clint cast him that way because I think it's miscasting. He was hateable. You think? Yeah, it's his first role. Yeah, he wasn't. I good. think he was trying, and, and it just it just just didn't work. I mean, there were some other young. Are you trying to think what other young actors could have done? There were quite a few back then. You think back to like, you know, Kiefer Sutherland. I know he just done Young Guns, so maybe and also maybe he was too famous. But could have been. You have you know you had some guys that could that have been in that this. role that I think would have been great. Right. And instead, they you know even like you know. Christian Slater, maybe his voice would have been distracting. Yeah. Might not have, he, I think he's also coming off Young Guns, but, uh, you know, same with Emilio Vestibes as well. You know, but, so maybe the Young Guns cast yeah, would have been he, great. Right. But River Phoenix, though, has so much depth as an actor. I think he just would have been perfect. That probably would have really made the movie. Really frustrating if he's not in this. Um, the yeah. other character I think that was a little bit miscast was was Claudia. I, I think this actress is kind of a nothing burger. She's not a lot going on there. Yeah, I can see that. And I think that could have been a lot more that woman, you know, it is a simple character, just how it's written. You know, you know, this person hasn't been schooled and things like that. But sure, there could have been a lot of emotional depth that I feel like that was not worked with here. Morgan Freeman got a little flack too, actually, but I thought he was good in this film. He was the third best in the film, but he was still good. Third best or fourth best? Who was better? Richard Harris is really good. Richard Harris was good. English. Bob yeah, was a he really was really good. And he's only he on good. for a short while and he needs a real imprint. He does. Yeah. One thing that pisses me off, it's been saying, I feel like that's the right thing. Yeah, one thing. One thing that pisses me off. Another thing that pisses <laughs> me off. Ten things later. Uh, right, right. Uh, so Roger Ebert did not love this movie when it came out. And I I didn't, I read his more, re, he re, recapped it, but what, I didn't read the original one. No, no shit. Is it this not is there? what he fucking does. Oh. So this is my only knock on Ebert. So Ebert's, you know, so cool. He has a whole database of his reviews. It's really awesome. You can go yeah. in there and read what he, and, and I really like reading what someone wrote at the time. I feel it's really telling. Sure. Plus sometimes you might get some intel on what people are thinking or what actors. Just, right. I just like seeing what think people are thinking then. It's more relevant to have your first it's just, reaction. It's just cool. Plus people wrote in a different style back then. It's just fun. Yeah. Um, so what Ebert did, he did this with The Shining as well, a few other movies. He has what's called great movies. And with that, he basically gives himself the out to go in and do a re-review and basically oh. fall into the cultural zeitgeist. So yeah. if the culture has determined a movie to be great, Ebert then allows himself to go in there, re-review it, and that becomes the new, that becomes the final say on the movie. Right. But it's not what he thought. That isn't. No. That's, that's not, that's bullshit. That's a bummer. That's, you're giving yourself a mulligan. You shouldn't have. Yeah. You should at least show both. I know. But he, 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 it's hard. It's a lot harder to find. I'm sure if I really it's dug, probably dug, out there somewhere, but I didn't see it. But it's really disappointing. It's like ah, because I would have loved to have read a negative. Because I love reading negative reviews of great movies. Yeah. Because sometimes they just completely miss the mark. You know, the famous Pauline Kale about Star Wars. I think it's, she's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. You know, and uh, <laughs> I really, I just think it's really interesting because it's a very honest. It's the only time you'll get an honest reflection movie. Sure. Because after that, everyone's you know people might go against the cultural gr- pressure. People might go against the grain to be sure. a contrarians. People might go with the grain like Ebert, most people do that to kind of, so fit in so you don't yeah. look foolish at parties or look foolish in historical retrospective. But that's an honest take. That's great. Yeah. And this movie, I, my opinion, this is not one of my favorite movies. No. Now, if someone told me it was one of their favorite, I would not argue them at all. I, Absolutely. Can, I can completely understand why someone, to me, it just doesn't have the entertainment element. That's it. Of like, okay, Jaws. Do you love Jaws? Love Jaws. Okay. I love Jaws. Jaws is one of my 10 favorite movies. Yeah. Back to the future. One of my 10 favorite movies. Now, is Unforgiven a better piece of art than those two movies? It is. Well, yeah. uh, maybe uh, not Jaws. Maybe not Jaws, but definitely Back to the Future. 
I would say it's probably a better work of art than both of those movies. Although you have to kind of twist, know, my, twist my arm to say, it. I think Better Future has this amazing screenplay. It's so crisp. But regardless, you could, I, if I was really, if you put some truth serum in me, I'd, I'd say it is. <laughs> um, but I don't care. Because, it's not as entertaining. I mean, you see, the other movies are just better movies. That was my issue. I wasn't enthralled the entire time when I saw it. It's beautiful. Like this, the, it's interesting the cinematography is beautiful and that, right. It's very interesting. It's really fascinating. Depth to characters. It's a whole world. I it, love it watching does, Clint. Oh, cool. Clint's I mean, great. Uh, it, it's a whole world. He, Clint does a great job with this. And I know I keep talking about million dollar baby, but that's the other one he won an Oscar for it. Yeah. Very rarely do Matt and I get to talk about a movie, uh, a director that has won two best pictures and one, two direct. It doesn't, it just doesn't happen yeah. very much at all. If ever. So, um, so Million Dollar Baby also creates a world of this boxing gym and, and Hillary Swank and Morgan yeah. Freeman and you you get this whole universe there. And this is the same, once again, this whole universe. And that's a real credit to a director to be able to do that. Sure. And you love this screen this screenwriter. He did 12 oh, Monkeys. Yeah. I know. And he did Blade Runner. Blade Runner, which you like. Yeah. I don't really like Blade Runner. Um, <sighs> having said that. That's one of my favorites. That's even more on the scale for me of something that I can completely understand how someone can love it. Yeah. But to me, it's not entertaining at all. Oh, it's so entertaining to so me. So I, I'm like, I am completely checked I'm out I'm enthralled with that world though. But I, I think I'm just more into sci-fi than you. Yeah, but I'm maybe. completely yeah. enthralled with that yeah, world. That, that doesn't, but I can understand how someone would love it. But, but this writer is very to do those three movies. It's pretty interesting, and he he's extremely creative. Even like yes. Lady Hawk, I know I haven't seen it in forever, and it's I know you said time. it's you know yeah. you don't think it's very good. I I, I but it's still I extremely. I can admit that it's been forever. It's very creative. Like mm. all he did, Leviathan too. No, it wasn't a good movie, Leviathan's, but still creative. Leviathan's a bad movie, but though. still creative. I don't think it is creative. I think it's an abyss ripoff. Yeah, it's an Leviathan's abyss a bad movie. Yeah, That's I don't it. remember. I haven't seen it in probably he wrote that. Years. He wrote that too. Jesus Christ. But still, like you, th- but all of these, I mean, one Western, one sci fi film, like, and a time oh, Lady travel, Hot Times, yeah. all these, like, yeah. weird. I mean, that's range for a writer. You gotta give Monkeys a is a very unique film. Oh, and 12 Mar- Right, exactly. It's a really unique. Exactly. Time travel range. And, 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 and just a, that's a whole world of itself, too. We should name David Webb Peebles. We, or yes. Peebles. We should Peebles, name yeah. him. Yeah, he's um, very good. Yeah, so let's talk about the best picture, peep. Okay. That year. That sounds um, good. Um, because it did win four awards, and I kind of want to go over the four, because we talked about the the major one that it lost that Matt and I both kind of agree is, uh, yeah. you know, Eastwood probably should So won. has he not won? He's never won. So he's won, he's, won, he's won five Oscars. He's uh, not won for actor? No. It's bullshit. Well, kind of. Is it, is it Mulligan? So he won the two director and two best picture. He won a uh, career achievement award. That's stupid. Right. I don't count I that. Agree. I agree. I mean, um, fucking. <sighs> so best picture that year. Unforgiven. Yeah. One. The Crying Game. Yep. A Few Good Men. It's a good film. What's better? A Few Good Men's more entertaining. I agree. Unforgiven's a better film. I would have voted for A Few Good Men. I enjoy it more. I do enjoy it more. But I, 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 lo- I really I'm love I'm not going to argue with anybody because I completely understand the other side. Yep. Uh, Howard's End, which I don't know if I've ever I, seen that. I, those that's with so uh, Hopkins, right? Yeah, those I, Merchant Ivory uh, movies. Yeah, it's just boring it. me. And Incentive Woman, which is actually not a good movie. Yeah. Um, best Director, uh, Clint Eastwood for Unforgiven, yeah. one. Neil Jordan for The Crying Game. Yeah. Um, James Ivory for Howard End. Ugh, yeah. Boring. Robert Altman for The Player. Uh, have you seen The Player? The Player. That sounds very familiar. It's the Tim Robbins Hollywood like spoof. I didn't like it when it came out and I haven't seen it since. It's not great. It doesn't age particularly well because a lot of it is very much of its time. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really interesting movie. It's cool that I got a director nom and not a picture one because it's not, I don't, my, my opinion, it's not a very good movie. A lot of cameos in that one, a right? A lot of cameos. Yeah. But it's a very interesting movie and I think Altman deserved a nomination for a director just because sure. he was doing some really cool creative stuff. To make that whole thing kind of work on any level with all those cameos and all that like inside Hollywood stuff is a kind of a is sure. an achievement. 
And then Martin Brest for Stand Up Woman, which is not a good movie. Uh, so a few good men didn't get the, Rob Reiner did not get a director nomination, mm. which is bullshit. Cause that is, um, even though it's not a few good men, I hope we will run into that soon. It's it, not a great, like it's not a beautiful film. Yeah. But like what I, okay. So you got some amazing actors. Yes. In amazing performances. Amazing in screenplay. It. Aaron Sorkin screenplay. Exactly. Is, is maybe the best screenplay ever, but or up there. Top but five. You got, yeah, that's a great one. But you you have to give the director credit for that. I think you so. Have to. It's such a good pace that movie too. Oh, it's awesome. That's a that's a shame. Um. Okay. We uh, best supporting actor. This is interesting. Yeah. So, so okay. Let's talk about Gene Hackman's movie for a second. Okay, he's great. He's so good, right? Yeah. I mean, his career, his character is so complex. It literally, it literally leaves me doubting. Is this guy the villain? Right. Yeah. We right. Exactly. And I'm so I'm a huge Gene Hackman fan. Yeah, me too. You are too, right? Yeah, of course. So we both love Gene Hackman. I mean, he's so great in Royal Tenenbaums. The conversation. The conversation. The conversation. The conversation might be the best performance by any actor ever in a movie ever. I haven't seen it since film. Like I took a film class and it was awesome. You I can remember start to have awesome. that talk. Yeah. I think he's in my certainly in my top five. Who directed that film? Oh, Coppola. Okay. So yeah. it was a movie Coppola did between Godfather One and Godfather yeah. Two. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, and Robert Duvall's in that as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, I love And Robert so is Duvall. Harrison Ford in a really small part. He's really scary. I forgot. Um, that's a really interesting... Uh, he's really good in that, but he's such a great actor. I mean, he's he ha- awesome. He's, so, he's good in everything. Even yeah. like shoddy movies like Superman 4. Superman 4 is a lousy, horrible, shitty, no good movie. I don't remember It's the one with Nuclear Man. It's <laughs> yes. so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He goes but to the moon. He's even like fun in it. Like, right. He's... But in Superman 1, I, I said this before, Superman 1 and then 2, but 1 especially, he's a really, he's really, you couldn't make a case for a nomination there. He's so funny in that movie. But yeah. he's, I mean, everything he's done, he's just, he's just fantastic. He's, Gene Hackman's the best. Mississippi Burning. I mean, he's done he's so much good stuff. I don't know if we should have won Best Winning Act, though, and here's why. So, Jack Nicholson. Oh. A Few Good Men. That's one of Jack's best performances ever. He's, he's only in it for twelve minutes, though. So maybe Hackman. That's probably it. What, yeah, but that's that's what the supporting act that that works that's for. So that. small though. It is very small. Gene's Gene Hackman's way more prominent in this film. You're what right. a battle, though, right? Those but two. That, that's a great. That is one of his best performances. Jack Nicholson. He gave a shit on that one. Yeah. He gave a shit, and he would later win an Oscar for um uh the Helen Hunt movie. Um, as good as it gets. Yes, which is great in that too. He is, but he doesn't. He kind of sleepwalks in that movie a little you bit. You think so? Yeah. I don't feel the same way just because he's such a bitchy character. He's just sort of kind of a little Aspergery, like hate you know hates everybody type of character. It seemed to work for him. It seemed to work for his personality. Yeah. Maybe I'm more forgiving because we had the same issue with the Departed. I might be a little Departed, bit more forgiving. He's, he's checked out. I might be more forgiving for him acting that way. I think he's he way better in the Helen Hunt movie. Yeah, yes, as good as it um, gets. Um. Okay, so here's the poor people that were left. Because imagine Franny going. Yeah, no, you're not. No one else wins. So you have Jay Davis in the Crying Game, which is an interesting performance. Yeah, I actually um, really like that film. Did you like it? Uh, I saw when it came out. Uh, I, like I was film. probably too young to really. I actually be really interested to rewatch now with all the because I didn't, you know, especially I don't think anyone really understood no. things like transgender and things like that very well. And uh, so to watch it now would be interesting. I wonder if it, yeah. maybe it's even like not a very kind film. I oh, don't know. I'm trying be. to think back, but. Um, Al Pacino for Glenn Gary Gunn Ross. Al Pacino is very good. Very good. Alec Baldwin. Where is he? He's so good in that movie. He is great. It was a small part, but but he was amazing supporting. He has one of the best monologues ever. He does. And then someone who doesn't deserve to be there. I saw this movie when it came out. David Paymer for Mr. Saturday Night. Mr. Saturday Night was the Billy Crystal movie. Is he a comedian in that? Yeah. And David Paymer is a nice character actor, but when you think that Alec Baldwin didn't get a nomination... When yeah. you think Morgan Freeman for Unforgiven didn't get a nomination, right. Richard Harris didn't get a nomination. Yeah, good point. You know, I mean, even, I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, uh, A Few Good Men, Kevin Bacon. Is great. 
really good. Great. In that movie. Yeah. And, like, there's so many performances better than David Paymer in Mr. Saturday Night. It's a real miss there. Um, but it, can you can you get two supporting actors from the same film? Of course. That can happen? Yeah, it's happened. Has it, happened. it has oh, happened? Yeah. Okay. Godfather had, I think, my, Godfather might have three. Oh, really? Yeah. Shit. Um, best film editing. That's right. One. Unforgiven. Yeah. One. Yep. Is this film very well edited? It's kind of, kind of it doesn't drag. The pace is slow. The pace is slow. I, intentionally slow, maybe, but. I think but it's intentionally slow. I think you're going on a journey with it's it. It's not boring, and it creates a world. No. Yeah, it does. I think it's good. Uh, here's what got uh, nominated. Basic Instinct. That's interesting. Which doesn't, it doesn't hold, the pacing in that I haven't seen it slow forever. today. Um, the Crying Game. Um, yeah, I don't remember the the pacing. A few good remember. men, which had amazing. That should have won. Yeah, probably. Uh, and then the player, which which actually drags a moment. Um, so that's I, probably. I, I don't hate Unforgiven getting the award. I think a few good men should have gotten it, but Unforgiven yeah, is. Yeah, but it. that's it's fine. That's an argument to be um, had, but it's fine. And I'm, yeah, Unforgiven, though, I, I am going to give this movie. I hate to. I'm, I'm sure people are going to like. Uh, I'm going to say a B. I'm going to say I'm going to say a B plus. Okay. Wow. You wow. A B. Huh. Well, because I have to think about it in terms of you almost gave. You almost gave No Country for Old Men a B plus. You I gave almost. it an A minus. I don't like the almost. I give it an A minus. I'll right. stand by the A minus. Okay, good. Um, this it's just is, it's not it's not as good as it's not as good. The it's thing is good. though, didn't I give Sandlot a B plus? I'm giving Sandlot and Unforgiven the same. That's why you're fucked. You're 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 off. You're you're off your meds on on the Sandlot. Like that's that's <laughs> not a B plus movie. Oh, this is better. Than, yeah, wait. I, I gave it a D. I, can I give this like a B plus plus? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is better than the Sandlot. Um, you're. No, this is a B plus. Like I would give this an okay. I would give it a lower B plus for me. This would be like an 86, 87. That's what I would give it. This isn't this isn't that far off. Whereas No Country for Old Men's like a ninety three. Yeah, me. that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, this is a good I, film. I agree it. It's a lot of depth. It's just it's not as entertaining. That's the hard part. Whereas No Country for Old Men, you're like on the seat of your fucking See, couch the entire time. I am. I right. Yes. No. That's fair. Yeah. But even so, No Country for Old Men just isn't as if No Country for Old Men was just a touch more entertaining. It would bump into that probably, probably a yeah. like Silence of the Lambs is wildly entertaining the whole time. You're enthralled. You're like, what the? F-? And yeah. it's a work of art. Yeah, it's that a work has of that art. both it's things beautiful. going for it. Where, um, but Unforgiven. I mean, if you if someone's listening to this and is like, you know what, Matt and Chris are crazy. Unforgiven is my favorite movie of all time. I say I can. Yeah, that's I can fun. completely yeah. understand where you come from. That totally is a understand. Very valid choice. It's a great film. Uh, absolutely understand. It's yeah. just. There's certain elements of it that just don't, and I do like some westerns for sure. I, I just me too. Uh, but for some, it's just missing a couple notes there. But uh, a very admirable movie, and I certainly enjoyed watching it again. I, I, I have no complaints about it. For Absolutely, yeah. B plus. Won't let's crack do, this off on. Let's do the weather report. Okay. So we have a milk Dudley weather report here. Uh, let me get to it. Okay. So it's April ninety three. It is one of the wettest springs in ten years. Was the wettest spring in ten years for us? Doo doo. One of your favorite things, El Nino. Oh, how did you know that was one of my favorite things? Uh, melting snow, melting river ice, and a lingering rainstorm near Cape Cod combined to create widespread flooding in New England. Okay. So kind of a, a sloppy, rainy. Um, kind of like the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The, great job with rain. I like how they do that. How Right. Because oh. it is the anti-Western. And it's, right, it's not this sun bleached. There's even some snow in this movie. There is. Right. Um, when he's recuperating. Uh which is which is which was fun to see. It creates a different landscape and totally. Um, Unforg- Unforgiven is a really interesting movie. With a lot of depth. It was, I also one last note. I just really enjoyed rewatching. It. I know you, maybe you didn't as much, but no, I did. The detail is 
phenomenal. And Eastwood is famous for only doing like one or two takes. He is. So to have that much detail is a real credit to the production design team because they're like, listen, we're probably going to get this in. they got to make this really yeah. work. Um, and got to do it quick because he, he likes to go and have a nice lunch. But you have all time actors too it all over this. Doesn't thing. hurt. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, you have, you know, they Richard just, Harris, Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman, you know, Clint one of the best casts ever. I mean, so tough to find a better front four. A few good men is close. Because you got Nicholson, you've got uh, Cruz, you've got Bacon, who and Demi Moore, I guess. Yeah, yeah. she's so all right. Kind of she's that's, pretty that's good. A, that's a tough front four to beat, though. Yeah, that right. front yeah. four is. Uh, yeah. We're talking all star. That that's why the Schofield kid not being by kind of sucks is rough. And even the the head prostitute, Francis uh, Farmer. Yeah, like, she's she's a pretty decent. Actress. I know she's never nominated, but she's a pretty decent actress. She is. She's good in a lot of stuff. Um, you think if that movie was made ten years later, maybe Tilda Swinton in that right. role or something? But uh, she's she's good. She's good. Um, but man, you know how great would have been. Would Johnny Depp, would that have worked? With whom? As the as Schofield, Schofield kid? kid? No. Why? I don't think so. I think at that time he's too famous, isn't he? He's no, already he's done- just coming off of Edward Scissorhands, I guess. He's in that part yeah, of his maybe. career. Yeah, maybe. He might have been able to do it. He's kind of like, he's kind of too cool for it, though. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. He needs sort of a dumber, you know, kind of a dumber guy. Dumber, less cool guy. I don't know. I think crazy, were, crazy idea here. And he's, he's probably too old to do it. Yeah. He would have been too old. I'm really reaching here. I'm crying at mock for this on the internet, but uh, Gandolfini. I don't even know how like he would have been older. So you think it would have been like three years. He would have been in his 40s. How about Brad right? Pitt? Oh, Brad would have worked. Yeah, he could be goofy. He's enough. coming off of them on Louise's yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. Gandolfini. I know he's old and he would have been probably. I don't even. Was, I can't picture he him. He wasn't as heavy though. This remember True Romance Gandolfini? I don't remember him in that film. When he beats the chef for Patricia Arquette, uh, it would have been like three years before that. I can't remember. I don't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that film. I could literally make a case for Gandolfini in any movie. If you like Chris, <laughs> like you I can only this movie better James <laughs> Gandolfini. Gandolfini. Probably I can only picture him. You know the size and the shape of of Tony, of Tony Spano. Yeah, yeah. he he was he was thinner. He would probably would have been too big because you need this character to probably be smaller than Eastwood. Because yeah, he's, he's gonna be kind younger of a kid guy. and immature yeah. and yeah, I, I'm sticking trying my, to prove himself. My River Phoenix would have been that's a good that would have been that's so great. I think that's a good I'm one. really upset about that. Yeah, all right, you want to go on the song? Yeah, so we're talking about Seven by Prince. This is uh, so we've talked about Prince before a couple times, I think. Because we did the Doves Cry. And then we did Purple Rain for the YouTube. Purple Rain, right. Yeah. The entire YouTube show. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually happy we get to... I mentioned this song and this album okay. when we talked about it that, that time. It makes sense. And I know that you are not... A, like, when we get to about here with Prince, you're kind of shut off. And I get that. Right. But this is his last, like, I love this album. Okay. And this is, like, the last album that he's done that I love. I listen to the shit out of this album. Um, so this is the album with just the sig- the, the symbol on it. Right. He, which the symbol is called, I think it's like love symbol, love number, symbol. Two? Number, yeah, two? number two. Number two. Yeah, right, right. Um, and it's with the, so he had, he had several different iterations of bands. This is new power generation, which he did for two albums. Mm-hmm. And I think this is his second. I think he did diamonds and pearls, which I is the album right. before. Yep. And then this one with the new power generation. So he had kind of a new lineup. It was a different, I think the keyboard player from, um, purple rain days, stayed the same, but I think everybody else is different. Okay. And the reason why is he wanted a different sound. You know, he wanted to go more, so he was always kind of R&B and pop, but he wanted to go into styles where he could he could do more, like show his range bigger. Yeah. More rap, more orchestrated stuff, like deeper R&B um, with like, you know, more sort of ballady type of R&B stuff. And that's what kind of, that's why he lost me. 
Yeah, I get it. It's like it's not it's not really a genre of music I'm really interested in. And it be, he, a lot of his later '90s or '90s stuff becomes this heavy ballady stuff. Yeah, it's boring to me. And I I think Prince can get boring quick. I wonder if you listen to this album. So it's a little dated because it's definitely you hear '90s tones and sounds on here. And that's less forgiving to me and probably you than some of the 80s stuff. Like the 80s is far enough back and we were so young that those sounds still kind of sound novelty to us. I think this this sounds funnier. I will say, so I wasn't really, so I don't listen to the song for the the show. Of course. Listen to the song. I'm like, no, what? This song is actually really. This is a great song. Really good. I'm going to actually want to play a little bit of it. Yeah. The chorus. Stacked, layered vocals. It's a really interesting song. Neat percussion, real sparse. Acoustic guitar. So pretty. It's perfect for his voice, Beautiful. too. Beautiful, yep. It's a He's really stacked. good song. Listen to the high note. That's Prince, that fucker. It's actually a great song. It's a and, really beautiful song. Um, so I listen to that song. I'm like, whoa, this song's good. I I remember it kind of on the radio, but like not. I honestly didn't really remember it. So I started listening to some other tracks in the album, and you're absolutely right. It's this great. actually this album is interesting. So what happened was I'm like, yeah, wait a second, did I miss the boat on like? So then I started listening to his later stuff. I'm like, no, this stuff kind of sucks. No, most of it's not but as good. This but this album one's really is good. kind of where it hinges. Yeah. But this album is good. It's uh, very Sexy good. Motherfucker yeah, is yeah. good. Um, there's a few other songs on this album that I just thought were enjoyable. Here's Sexy Motherfucker. Just fun. So funky. I didn't hear it till, I didn't hear this till college, till 2000. So good. Like, right. such a great funk tune. Seven, though, is, in my opinion, the best song in this album. That's my favorite. It's, it, it actually, I, I, I plead ignorance here. And this is kind of the fun part I do in this show. Is you, you, and you find movies or some music maybe you just didn't hear, didn't give enough time to before. This song is, has become in my top few, top five, maybe think, top ten, certainly, Prince songs. I think that I listed it in the top five when we did, did this the first time. And I'm pretty I, sure. I just was like, I wasn't aware. I, I either forgot about it, or, but it's, 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 um, it's good. It's a surprisingly intricate song. Um, I mentioned when we were listening yeah. to the chorus, like the vocal stack. It's just this huge amount of, in fact, they start the song um, acapella with just a stacked, you know, vocals, mostly Prince in there. There's probably some other people in there. I, you'd have to, I'd have to look, but, but a bunch of him, just this beautiful stacked vocal thing. And I actually want to show a couple of those vocal things, like some, some cool stuff he does. So listen to what happens when he sings peace. Here's peace. Listen to that nice little chord. Listen to that versus blasphemy. Do you hear that? Do you hear the difference there? It, there's a, it's a, he, he puts, he puts attention. There's like a, tr- there's a tritone in there, um, which we talked about in the last episode yep. for blasphemy because because bla- that tritone is sign of the devil. That's the sign of the devil. Yeah. Like I love details like that. It's beautiful when he does. See, this, he does so we talked about Sting last time, and I saw how bored I was. This song is like the antithesis. Of, this is the opposite of boring, rather. Excuse me. I can see that. It, this is not boring at all. Um, this is this song's engaging, and it's cool because this is a guy that by the time he does this album, I say he's long in a tooth, but he's been doing this for a while. This is now. his fourteenth album. 
Fourteenth album. Yeah. In Fourteen years. Well, that's well, that's what got him in trouble with Warner Brothers. Yes, exactly. That's why he became simple. He wanted to do albums like every like eight months, right? And Warner Brothers was like, well, it's not. They wouldn't release like right. all this material because they like, they were afraid of just oversaturation, right? So uh, they went back and forth. Which, what I, I will say, listening to his later stuff, maybe Warner hear the cuts and like, you know what? I'm not saying maybe. I mean, when you're that prolific, you're gonna do some duds. That's just that's what's gonna happen. And but I, during this time, not really. Even Diamonds and Pearls, that album. Yeah. It, I looked at the track list and I was like, holy shit. It's got Cream. It's got Diamonds and Pearls. It's got a bunch of songs. I can't name them now, but like five or six songs where I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This one's great. So you got to think like, I, I would bet on Prince. If I'm Warner Brothers, I'm betting on Prince. Yeah, but then he de- but then it kind of falls apart though. After this though, but like the, but you know, he was having the troubles up to this. Yeah. Right. That's why he changed he was, his name. Right. Yeah. Right. He was frustrated. Right. And so, may, you're right. Maybe there were, maybe, maybe, maybe what they were hearing was the song was, you know what I mean? Like, was like the B stuff. Yeah. yeah I maybe. mean, it wasn't good, but I don't know. I mean, he's so prolific. He's got so many awesome songs. It's Man, like, yeah. When you're the, that prolific, you, I think you just, I think the difference is now, if he were alive and younger now and kind of just starting now, he would just release song after song. After, he wouldn't even do albums anymore. He would just do song after song. And I think you would hear like a lot of depth. Actually, this is probably what happened. I, now I'm just guessing. But he wanted to experiment in different styles. Right. And they probably like, this is not your niche. This is not what made us all this money. They probably didn't like and that. And they're not wrong because he's did the other styles and his record stopped selling. Yeah, but not on this album. Like, no, so they're no, like, listen to this. Like, this song, Arrogance, is very weird, but it's so. So weird. so weird yeah, it's right really weird. yeah it's, it's fun like, like yeah. yeah it's really fun yeah so i i love it that he experimented and that he tried different stuff no i do too i just understand being warner and warner even got a fight with him at the single so he yeah warner yeah. wanted seven to be the number one the single and he wanted my name is prince right and but seven's the better song and it is a better, better song he thought that the, yeah the audience was would like that first i also think from a communication standpoint it's e- like that's an easier song to sell something that's called my name is prince it's like that rolls off the, t- you know, it's the artist, yeah. it's the song. So I can see why he would think that. Uh, but Seven's a way better song. My name is Prince is one of my least favorite from that album. I think at one some point Prince kind of like loses touch with what's going on. Oh, he's a crazy bastard, no doubt. I mean, he turned this into a fucking movie. Did you see that? <laughs> this that? album Seven. Yeah. So uh, it's a concept album um, about like an Egyptian princess. Yeah, and Kirstie Alley has something to do with it too. Uh, she was involved, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I, I guess she had some lines. Well, she's a crazy it? woman, so yeah, that makes true. complete <laughs> sense. But it's about this, yeah, concept album, Egyptian princess falls in love with a rock star and he's sort of like, he does all these vignettes. They're sort of, the all the music videos become this movie, mm. kind of loosely, like whatever, loosely um, together movie. It's not as cohesive as even Purple Rain, which isn't a very good movie. Terrible. Uh, but yeah, so maybe they said he, he's he's out of t- he's a little bit out of time. He thinks he can do more right. stuff than he can a bit. Yeah, he does. He, I, he dude, tries. No one you can just tell he's the kind of guy. No one's around to tell him no or that's stupid. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's had control since day one, like basically day one. I wrote, played all the instruments, produced and recorded my right. entire music. It's like, OK, <laughs> you also want to, you know, I talk about comedians losing their fastball and stuff like I, you know, can you be, and we talked about with Sting, you know, a yeah, little sure. bit, you know, last episode and we talked, we went into some Beatles talk too, but like, can you be like, how long can you go? 
like Madonna had a really long shelf life. You know, she's, you know, she hasn't been relevant in 20 years, you know? Yeah. Uh, at what point do you kind of just like fall off? And if you're someone like Bruce Springsteen or Sting, you can still do the music you want to do, but it's not really relevant anymore. Right. Um, you know, at what point are you just not like, can you be, re- how long can you be relevant for? Yeah. I think of uh, like, uh, folk artists that I really liked, uh, in my youth from, you know, the generation before like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or James Taylor, and they get really sappy after mm. a bit. Right. And I think what happens is as you mature in life, things become different things become important to you. Right. The settled down, like love and settled down. It's less turmoil. It's more about kind of you're settled. Yeah. And then you don't, you know, you don't have that same angst and you write kind of, you know, banal music, sort of vanilla music. I think that's what happens. I think it's a great point because you think about like, it's so silly. All the music you listen to for the most part, it's written by people in like their early and mid twenties. It's true. When you're like a nut, when you're an idiot. Yeah. You don't true. know anything. People in the mid, I would never take advice from anyone in their early to mid twenties. They're the no, dumbest never. people, dumbest adults you can have just because they haven't lived yet. But that's when you're most passionate. Is that it? I think and so. And that's why the music works. Yeah. There are very, so actually I got to give Bruce Springsteen a lot of credit because he doesn't really, he's still pretty introspective and dark and melancholy, even in his older, in his like more recent recordings. But his music has no relevance. No, it doesn't have relevance. But I, I think, yeah, because it's sort of, records are just kind of, mm, that's changing though. But yeah, the record companies, it's a young person's game. It always has been. That's it's, changing. It's, it's, is it? Yeah, because the record companies do not, they increasingly have less and less power. More more people are just, can self-produce. I they, look at the top 10 though, it's like, I, I'm like on the, I, all like billboard tweets and stuff like yeah, that. Sure. And I'm like, I don't know half these people. On no, this. no, no. But I think, uh, but yeah, there's less, they're selling less albums than, than, you know, than say Blondie in the early eighties. Well, of course people don't buy streaming now. It's different. That is not, that's not Yeah, but I think comparison. the listens are the same way too. I think people are now more niche. They can find music that speaks to them. Hmm. Where you couldn't, you were you were subject to the stuff that was on the radio, you know, in, when we were really young and when our parents were coming of age. It's like that's how you that's how you could right. listen to this. Oh shit. no, so, I mean, there's more of everything now. There's more TV shows now. There's more we movies more, now. Way there's more access. More everything now. Exactly. But it, I would say the one. Correct me if I'm wrong here. So yeah. take everything. Take every art, you know, music and movies. We talk about the most in this show. Sure. Acting, dramatic actors like a Tom Hanks or Meryl, Meryl Streep. Yeah, that's your longest road. That's your like left-handed release picture. Oh, it is. You can do that forever yeah, until your arm falls off. Exactly. But being a musician or being a comedian is almost like being like a, a NFL football player. Yep. You get your three years, anything more than that, you're lucky. That's it. And, yeah. and then, you know, you, then you just pray. But it, it is funny how, like, so Prince, maybe the most, the most talented musician ever. Yeah. And then, you know, top three. To yeah, five, you know, totally. He's in the argument. Yep. Even he couldn't go for more than 14 years. Before his music stopped having relevance. Sure. Because even this album was it. It made no, it, it had it, some waves. It only right? sold, I, I it only sold it, a but. million. And right. And I heard some of these songs on the radio, but I didn't really know. I didn't no, know this it until way later. Seven. Yeah, exactly. Like I heard it then. I was probably 13. I didn't really understand. Yeah. You know, whatever. Didn't didn't have resonance. You know, but I hear it like now. It's like, oh my God, this is like really good. This is going to crack my top five songs. Yeah, it's a great one. It's a really good song. I hope you do go back and listen to this album. I did. A lot. Okay. Or right, cool. Great. Yeah, I, I listened again for sure. No, great, like, great. no, it was like, it was a really fun like discovery. I'm like, oh shit, yeah. this is good. Uh, like another, another one of my favorite is um is oh to the nines here like this is such a great complicated orchestrated beautiful it's just really pretty like he's just i think he really shows his range in this album mm. he is 
Um, I loved so the, the most of the songs that I love of Prince are the understated ones, like when you know Little Red Corvette um, or Doves Cry. Like they they don't even have bass. There's no bass in that mm. song. It's so or like Kiss is my favorite, and it's just this one little guitar comp and a beat that never changes is a drum machine and his beautiful immaculate voice the entire way i love usually with with prince i really love his understated stuff but this album he is he's just showing off i can orchestrate like no other person around you know there these songs are very complex but beautiful saturated in such a beautiful way so yeah it's one of my it's it's one of my favorites this album's so a great crack one. your top 5 song yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It it for me too. I got to look back at the list, but yeah. Yeah. So, so so far, this and the Alicia Keys song we covered were kind of neat little surprises for me. Where yeah. I didn't expect the song to be that good, and I was like, oh, oh, I actually kind of liked the song. Yeah. All right. I'm glad. Um, I think that's it. Personal stories. Sure. Uh, so for me, um, I I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but this month in uh, 1993, I saw Nirvana. Oh, like in person. Yeah. And we, I know we, we mentioned on the show, but I, I had an, I had an older buddy friend. Okay. Uh, I think yeah, he was a junior. Yeah, I was okay. a freshman. Right. And we, I, it wasn't, it was my second concert I'd ever seen. The first one ridiculously was Tori Amos. Oh, I should Tori like her. Amos. Yeah. I like her too. Um, she played at Berkeley and my buddy Corey, uh, who, who's a, um, old friend who music, like talented musician. His dad was really hip. Uh, he had like an extra ticket to Tori Amos. I didn't know who she was. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll go. I'd love to see. I'd love to see music. That was my first concert. But Nirvana was, was, uh, was April of 93. And I think I told you he was so irritated. Uh, Cobain was so irritated because right. the night before someone hit him with a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> from the audience. And it's like, why would you, sh- why, like, why would you throw a shoe at Kirk Cobain? Nah, they were stone and drunk. Yeah. But Jesus days. though, like that's pretty shitty you know, yeah. to, to go see that. So he was so angry and the crowd, they, I was, I left not really thinking that it was a very good show. Mm. They were very loud, sloppy. Yeah. Nirvana's sloppy. They're very know? sloppy. That's why I'm really, I'm really, I, I definitely love Nirvana at the time. Yeah. I, but for me to go back and listen to him, it's, it's just, it's not for me anymore, which is okay. No. Um, definitely. I'm, I'm more likely to go listen to Bruce Springsteen's latest album. Sure. Uh, although I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm some big, but like that kind of like, yeah, just, just uh, that, that type of music is going to be more, a lot of people interesting ho- to me than, than Nirvana even. Yeah. A lot of people hold, um, Nirvana and, or, and Cobain in very high regard and changing music and stuff, but I don't really, it's not, he's not, I respect him, but it's, I don't find him that. Do you like the national? Um, I want to like them more than I do. I love them. Yeah. So they are kind of what I imagined if, like a cleaned I see, up I can see that. Nirvana I that was like that. a more mature, like a grown up Nirvana um, is, is the National. I really love the National. National is probably my favorite. I like the more Vampire Weekend now. National is oh, my favorite band right now. I love Vampire. I, uh, two albums of Vampire Weekend, I, I think, are three stunning. Three albums. The fourth one's not good. Yeah. The most recent one's not yeah, good. Yeah, not, not miss. No, um, uh, but uh, in that style, uh, Fleet Foxes. Yeah, they're good. Um, really connects with me, even I like though them. I hate the lyrics that they talk about. Mm. They're they're fucking communists, but their music is beautiful, beautiful music. Uh, him and them and Bonnie Vare and uh, Arcade Fire. I, I don't saw, like Arcade Fire. See, I love them, and I know the last album wasn't very safe. I still love it though. But <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff I'm gonna yeah. more than Nirvana. Absolutely, I just right. Nirvana. Just to me, it's just mm. it's just too. And a lot of it is. It's just is very, you know, sloppy, sloppy. Some might say like edgy though too, like edgy, not edgy, like uh, recent, but edgy, like 
risky, I guess. Is yeah, sure. What, you know, I would rather listen to Soundgarden at that of that time period. Much, and much I'm, rather. I'm Pearl Jam, obviously. I'm not. I just don't really listen to him as much anymore. Yeah. I listen to you know. I mean, I, they were very influential to me at the time, right. but I just sort of kind of left them oh, behind. That's, but anyway, that's, but, where that's where you're wrong. Uh, but he was so pissed. Um, someone else did something else at my show. I can't remember what happened, but he left the stage with his amp on feedback for like 30 minutes oh. and during the show. That, like, that would have really run me the wrong way. And that was the Breeders too. The Breeders play uh, right. that too. Oh, I like. Which I knew Cannonball from MTV. Yeah. And it was fun. And that was that's it. Good. So that's that what I was doing. All right, what I are you doing? I have a little longer story. Good. So um, mine happened in May. So this is, this is, we're in April, so whatever. Bear with me here. Um, so uh, every, I'm in eighth grade, and every year my school would do a class trip. That's so funny you mentioned this because I, w- I was almost going to talk about this. We did a band trip every year. There you go. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have to say that for the next time we cover this yeah. general area. Um, so uh, almost every year the class would go to Washington, D.C., I don't know what happened. I really don't like there was no great scandal. Yeah. Because for some reason we ended up going to Boston instead. And we remember us being kind of disappointed because we all already knew I had never been to Washington, D.C. at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, I kind of want to do that. I didn't really want to go to Boston, but Boston it was. So we go. It ended up being maybe the, you know, my honeymoon and stuff. But like uh, outside of that, like one of the most fun trips of my life. Really? Yes. So you got to remember, like, all of these guys in my eighth grade class, they're still really good friends of mine. Sure. Like there's like a group of like eight of us that are still like really close and, and we just really get along. It's, you know, just, I just, these people, I just feel like I just still have my life. And right. even like, a group of, like five of those that are like, we talk every day. Yeah. So like this, we're just really tight. So it's all of us in, and my class is pretty small. Uh, my eighth grade class is only like, uh, I think 38 kids. Right, that so is to small. get along with like eight guys. Yeah, that's not, yeah, not big odds that that would happen. It was four guys to a room. So I'm with all my friends and, and, uh, so we go there and we just, we're, we're not bad kids. My town is a very, but for some reason we were all just at our absolute worst this week (laughs) and we get in the hotel and we, um, it had the hotel that had the adjourning doors. Sure. So we go in the hotel and we start banging on the door because our friends next door. Yeah. Going, Cody, his name's Cody, 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 (laughs) this guy. Open source, it's this guy. Oh, it's not Cody. No, in boxer shorts. It's oh, like, shit. it's like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying <laughs> to sleep. It's like three in the afternoon. Like, uh, like I tried to hide on the bed, but it was a hotel bed, so you can't do that. Yeah, so no, I remember like, like running into like a piece of wood. Like <laughs> we were terrified. So, um, this poor guy. So, like, so we were obnoxious like the whole time. So we end up every day we do something else. One day we go to Plymouth Rock. One day we um went to like the uh like one on like a museum old, or something ship we oh. a museum, like an old ship or something um the uss constitution yeah we did that okay. yeah, yeah right. that <laughs> <laughs> some old ship this trip really really <laughs> rang with me um so uh we we did that but at the end of every day we end up at faneuil hall and i gotta remember this is 1993 it's a totally different world the, sure. basically the teachers probably wanted a break and probably went and got a beer somewhere but they let us basically run free for an hour and a half i had the same shit go on it was so awesome we had to meet back eight o'clock yeah so it's like six or drop us off eight o'clock so we walk around finney hall and this is early this is like the early 90s and some shops were like you know head shops and things like that yeah. and other shops we saw a sword shop a sword shop a sword, like, like dedicated like, to swords swords okay uh and other things like that in some places we didn't really have the balls to go into or or, or it was just, we were afraid our teachers would see us and everything like that. So some stuff we did go in, some stuff we didn't. We spent most time in like the Sam Goody or whatever, you know, getting food or like, you know. Yeah. Just just being idiot kids, you know, hitting on girls, just being dumb. And um, so we get back to the hotel and it's the last night there. Yeah. And we really wanted to go to that sword shop. <laughs> like, okay. It became like a big part of our, our day. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. If someone else will go, I'll, 
ago. And one of the Denver kids, I'm not going to name him, but one of the Denver kids who wasn't really in our group. So he was the ninth? Kind of. He was like the 15th. Okay, all right. But he was somehow ended up in our room. Because the rooms, like, the rooms were adjourning, but we couldn't leave. So that's what they always told us. You cannot leave your room. So you're, okay, so you go through your little door between. Right. And eventually, I guess the Russian guy had left because we eventually had friends. We had kind of a room. Oh, okay. We, we eventually, that guy, eventually kids were in that room. That Not seems weird because that means that they would have had to move. Right. But I think some rooms were moved. I think some people did end up changing rooms. I see. I remember kids were also getting in trouble left and right. So people, it was a lot of, a lot of things moved around. But I was in the same room the entire week. Right. So they, one of these kids somehow ended up in our room. I don't know how it happened, but he was in our room. And maybe you kids even like might have just all crashed in one room. And, but oh, they, I see. But, yeah. they said, but they said this. So this is adamant. You cannot leave the room. And we said, well, that we're going to put tape on all the doors. Right. So if this tape is broken, they'll know you left. Fuck. So the last day, I'm like, I really want to go to that sword shop. And this Denver kid said, I really want to go too. I'm like, oh, who else wants to go? No one else has the balls to go. So me and this kid left. Me and this kid really never really hung out. Yeah. But we decided we really want to see the sword shop. And we go. And, and as we leave, sure enough, there is tape on all the doors. Like, fuck. So like, all right, what? we already got. So let's just go, yeah. let's we, go, to, go to the sword shop. Just go anyway. So, you know, before cell phones and everything else, or else I would have called my friends, like, might as well come with us. We're all fucked anyway. Right. So we go down. The swords are awesome. We're like swinging <laughs> the swords in the shop. What? We're like, oh, it was crazy. Like fucking, like, I remember there was like one sword. It must have been, I, I was, so I was really small. I was like, yeah, I didn't yeah, grow yeah. till I was later, till I was older. Like, I, like, obviously no one grows through older, but I mean, I was like really tiny. I was like the second shortest kid in my, in my class. I'm yeah. six, one. Because you were now. younger for your class too, right? Yeah. Me too, yeah. So I was like really tiny. So uh, this guy's kind of short too. So I had these like kids that were getting 11, like swinging giant swords. <laughs> and uh, it was, oh my God, so much fun. So um, the swords are like bigger than us. So we go back to the room. This kid, meanwhile, barely ended up graduating high school. Kid's dumb as a wall. Uh, and I go, oh man, we're so fucked. Like, what do we do now? He's like, Chris, I got an idea. The one fucking idea he ever had in his entire life. Boop. Why don't we just take the tape off all the doors? There you go. Oh, that is smart. Like, I don't think I would have got that. I didn't. I wouldn't have got like, that. You mother f- Sus, we did. So the next Good move. The next morning, oh, well, the teacher's hot. They were mad. Who did this? Who? Fucking talk about. I don't know. <laughs> um, so that's great. We ended up. Uh, so we we go home. Uh, it was a the trip was a disaster. Like it was just crazy. Like, people were like, peeing in a water balloon storm. It was just crazy. It was yeah. just madness. And uh, and I said we were not bad kids. We never really behaved this ever again. Like this this mis- mischievous. The, the the next day, the, so that we get back on like a Saturday. The Monday, the principal calls us in entire eighth grade into the gym. And he, our principal was very kind, yeah. never yelled. He screamed at us for like 25 minutes. We were, our school was banned from going back though? to the hotel. Like we, but, but I guess the hotel had called and said we, our school was banned from going there. But why? Because the tape wasn't, do they? No, no, no. I guess we, we had like trash rooms. and Oh yeah. Like well, that I think sense. people like peed on floors and it was just, it was, it was just madness. But it was like, maybe for some people who went to bigger schools, that wasn't surprising. But for us, this tiny school, like, that just wasn't us. Right. But for some reason, we just all acted wild. But yeah, the tape in the door, though, that was the the one good idea that this kid had. This kid's, you know, I don't think he's doing particularly well right now. And, and But he did it. You should for, name him. For, I'm not going to. For one moment, <laughs> for one glimmering moment, one shining moment, everyone can have their time. And he was the time, hero. He was the hero. Smartest thing he's ever done his whole, his whole life. He kind of wasted it on a trip when he was 13. I kind of want to give him props, though. I want to name him. I think Can I, we just tag him on Twitter? No, I don't think he's on Twitter. I don't, I don't know if he knows how to read. <laughs> <laughs> but he works that tape. <laughs> he, knows, he knows how to take tape off doors. Yes. Maybe he works at a package store now or something. So he used that, you know, as a skill, as a skill set. Yeah, I don't, I don't I know. I think he's, he's just doing the best he can. All right, good. Yes. That's a good story. I mean, we had similar situations with uh, with my, 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 band, uh, my band trips too, but we'll get into that. Oh, good. Time. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, so so we're back on Saturday, the guest, a special guest. Special guest. And uh, Midnight Cowboy, and everybody's talking as a song running yep. for Midnight Cowboy. It's going to be kind of a, it's gonna be an interesting show. So, like, it's going to be definitely a little bit different, but I think kind of funny. Yeah. Definitely, I think, hopefully worth a lesson. Um, we haven't taped it yet, but I think, I think it'll be interesting and fun to talk about a movie that. Well, net, we would never get right. to and otherwise. We won't do that. We're not going to do it very often. Just This was just a, a fun uh, way to get uh, kind of talking to a different guest about a different movie. So Totally. All right. I guess we'll see you next time then. See you Saturday.